human beings, and I am foremost amongst them, struggle to forgive. And that is despite the fact that the Bible in a number of places is very clear that we should forgive. Let me give you a couple of texts and I want you to come with me and look at them. The first one's in Mark chapter 11, verse 25. Mark chapter 11, verse 25. And this is Jesus, our master, talking to us about forgiveness. And And he says this, When you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may also forgive you of your sins. Now I want you to stop and think about your life. Who do you need to forgive? Who do you need to forgive? Who has hurt you? Who's caused you pain? I know that in a congregation this size, I know that there are some of you who have been sexually abused. In fact, some of you, and this is where it gets kind of serious, may be being sexually abused right now in the present as you worship with us in this church. Some of you have been physically abused. And almost all of us have been mentally abused. Amen? We're hurt. And part of living in this world, you don't need to be alive in it for too long. And you'll start to get hurt. And you'll start to get pain. And some of it is inflicted by ourselves, but most of it, or a lot of it, is inflicted by others who do things to us that hurt. And when we can't forgive and we hold on to these wrongs, it's like a volcano. And it slowly builds and builds until it blows up and wrecks our lives. And that's one of the main reasons Jesus said to forgive. But we often just can't. The damage and the wounds are too deep. We try to, we can't. Look, I have, and I don't want to go back here too much today, but I have worked with people who have been both sexually and physically abused. I turned up to a Bible study one Tuesday afternoon when I was a pastor up on the Gold Coast and here was a wife being bashed by her husband as I showed up. I have seen the damage in my ministry that people do to people and I have experienced some of the damage in my own personal life and I know what it's like not to be able to forgive. And yet we got the example of Jesus, and I want you to have a look at this, in Luke chapter 23, verse 34. Jesus has the whole sins of the world in the Garden of Gethsemane thrust on him. He's in the garden and he's dying and God has to send Gabriel to strengthen him so he can get to the cross. And Jesus gets to the cross and they nail him up there. He's been abused physically. 
His heart is burdened down by our sins so much so that he loses sight of the fact as he's dying, Jesus loses sight of the fact. I pray the Holy Spirit will help me here. He, He loses sight of the fact that he will ever live again. So burdened down is he with our sins. And yet as these soldiers and as these priests and perhaps even as he looks at the whole human race, as we put him on the cross, and as he dies, listen to his prayer. Luke twenty three thirty four. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do, know, they do not know what they are doing. I want to put it to you this morning, as we do this ordinance service, that there is only one way that you will ever be able to forgive people of great sin, people who have done terrible things to you. And that is to go to the cross and get forgiveness by Jesus for your sins first. Did you hear that? You need to go. I need to go to the cross We need to see Jesus up there looking at us. We look at that text, Father, forgive them for what they know, not what they do. And and I remember as a boy, I used to look at that text, I'm in Uncle Arthur's bedtime stories, and I'd see those soldiers with those spears, and I'd I'd see the pictures of them thrusting spears into him. I'd see the crown of thorns on and the blood flowing down. I'd see the high priest accusing Jesus. And when he prayed, Father, forgive them, I used to think, well, that's wonderful. Father, forgive them for what they're doing, for putting Jesus. And so, boy, what a wonderful prayer. But he's not just praying for those guys. Who put Jesus on the cross? He's praying for us. Father, forgive them. And there is not a sin that you have committed. You can be uh, the perpetrator of some of the great crimes that I've been speaking about this morning, of some of the great sins against others. If you go to Jesus, he will Forgive you. First John 1 verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful. He will forgive. There is nothing you can do. You cannot go so far. You cannot go to a dark enough place that Jesus will not forgive you if you ask him to. Go to the cross and find forgiveness for your own sins in Jesus. And when you do that, then you'll start to have the ability through the Holy Spirit, his power to forgive the people that have done terrible things to you. I have told some people about my divorce, how I could not forgive my ex-wife then. Um, My heart was full of hate. Vengeance was coursing through my body. I was ashamed. I was hurt. I remember going out into my front yard of the house I was living in one sunset and looking up as the stars started to sparkle in the clear night sky and saying to God, take my life. I don't want to live anymore. And for 12 months or more, I harboured this intense hatred for my wife, I could not forgive her. For my ex-wife, I could not forgive her. It was too painful. And the hate inside my heart was intense and I'm ashamed to say it. 
and I could not preach and I could not teach and I could not do Bible studies. I couldn't do anything for the Lord. I was so consumed with hate. And one day, and I praise God that I hung on to my Bible study and prayer, and one day the Lord said, you better come to me, Lloyd, and we better talk. And so in my Bible study I came to the Lord and we began to talk. And he opened up for me my culpability in that divorce. It was one of the most confronting times in life as God confronted me with what I had done to bring that marriage down. And by the end of that time with God, he had shown me that I was largely responsible for the breakdown of my marriage. Do you know what that's like to confront that as a pastor of one of the largest churches in Australia at the time? On television all over the country and all over the world, supposed to be a shining light for Jesus, and Jesus takes me aside and he says, Lloyd, I think I better show you what you did to end your marriage. It was very confronting. It was very painful. And I went from a, a place of anger and hate seething against my ex to a place where I translated that hate from her to guess who? I loathed myself. I was disgusted in myself. I was dis- I was in disgrace and it caused me me no end of anxiety. I stopped sleeping. Do you know what it's like to go to sleep one night and go through the entire evening and wake up the next morning and not have had a blink of sleep? Have you ever done that? Very painful. And I do that night after night. I thought I was going crazy. And in the midst of my pain and in the darkness, God in his mercy took me to the cross of Jesus and he said, Lloyd, even though you've done this terrible evil, this wickedness to your family and to your wife, he said, Lloyd, I forgive you. And more than that, I still want to use you. And I broke down and wept. As over, and as over a few weeks, the forgiveness of the Lord swept over me. And then do you know what the Lord said to me? He said, now I want you to pray for your wife. Well, it was my ex-wife then. We were divorced. There was still enough humanness in me to resist that. And he said, do it. And I said, I can't. He said, do it. He said, share with me. Share with me in prayer how you feel. And I remember that first prayer. I was on my knees and I said, Lord, I hate this girl. I'm praying. And if someone's hurt you, you tell God what they've done and how you feel. Amen? He gets it. But do you know what happened? God led me over the next six to 12 months from that dark place of self-loathing where I hated myself and just about everybody else, including my ex, as I prayed for her and I remembered the forgiveness that God had given me, he worked a miracle. This is very personal for me. You won't hear me say this too much, but he worked a miracle. And he took my hard, damaged, broken heart, stony cold heart, and he made it a heart of flesh and he softened it to the point where I could pray for her with love in my heart. Oh, Lord, give her a good life. 
with her new husband, bless her. Do you know what a big turnaround that was for me? That's the miracle power of forgiveness. And if God can do it for me, in my heart, old Aussie heart, he can do it for you, amen? And the problem we've got out there in the world at the moment is people don't forgive anyone anymore. And I can't think of a single sin that has been perpetrated against you or me that with the power of Jesus Christ inside of us, we can't forgive. It doesn't mean we forget. It doesn't mean we keep putting ourselves in places where we're getting hurt over and over. No, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about forgive, to forgive that person, whether they ask for it or not. Forgive. It's the power of Christ in you. I want to remind you as I finish this little section today, And as we remember the cross, that forgiveness starts at the cross. It starts on our knees looking at Jesus and what he's done for us. He will convict you of where you are at. He will convict you of your weaknesses. It might be a bit painful. He'll convict you of your sins. But as he convicts you, he'll put his arms around you, tight around you, and he'll say, I forgive you. I forgive you. Now come with me, like he did to me, come with me, and I'm going to help you to forgive all these other people that have hurt you too. And when you forgive them, do you know what happens? You can start to love them again. It's a beautiful thing. I don't even know whether I should say this as a pastor. I love this Lizzie girl. She's my wife. I learned forgiveness from her too. She's forgiven me of many things. She's my wife. But I love my ex-wife now as my Sister in Christ. Does that make sense? And I pray for her and her husband and her two beautiful little kids that she has with her. They are beautiful, gorgeous kids. I pray for them that they may know the Lord and that they may be in the kingdom too with us. And what a victory that would be for Jesus. If we're all in the kingdom, Satan who who thought he had devastated our lives and destroyed us and, and put us away, would it not be a great victory if we're all in the kingdom? Amen. And that comes through forgiveness. It comes through forgiveness. And the most powerful thing you can do is to forgive someone who's hurt you whether they're asking for it or not. It'll set you free. And so I want to ask you again today, what have you got in your life? Who have you got in your life that you can't forgive? And I want to give you a few moments right now Who have you got in your life that you can't forgive? And what have you got in your life that needs to be forgiven? Two things. You hearing me? What have you got in your life that needs forgiveness from Jesus now? And who have you got that you need to forgive? I just want to give you a moment in prayer and then we're going to remember. I want to give you a moment in prayer to talk to the Lord about what you need to ask for forgiveness for. Do it right now. Amen? Amen? Do it now. And then talk to him about who you need to forgive. Ask him to take you on the journey. So two things. I'm just going to say it again. You need to take right now what you've got in your life that he's convicted you of that you need to ask forgiveness for from him. Number one. Number two, who is it that I need to forgive? Let's bow our heads and let's all do it. 
in our own way, in our own quiet prayers, right now in the church. I'm just going to give you a minute or so. There'll be quietness in the church. That's okay. We're praying. Take your life to God. Forgive me for this, Lord, and help me to forgive that person for that. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you as we're about to remember. We stand at the bottom of the cross and we look up at what you did. We have come to you as a church family. With, we all come from different backgrounds and we all have sins that we need to lay on the altar, acknowledge and ask for forgiveness this morning. Some of them, Lord, are deep and dark habits. We practice them because they give us pleasure, because we enjoy them, but we lay them on the table on the altar this morning before the cross and we pray that you will forgive us. Forgive us, please, Jesus, we pray, and bring your healing, the healing balm of your love to our damaged, wounded lives. I think, Lord, too, of our church family here, we bear so much hurt and we bear so much pain and so many terrible things have been done to us. And this is a very difficult message for some, Lord. I just pray today as, they lay, as we lay our sins before you that you will then convict us and lead us and show us the way to forgive. I pray, God, for the same miracle in the lives of your people here that you've worked in mine. Through your mercy and grace, set them free of all the hate and the hurt and the pain as you did me, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've got your Bibles, I want to encourage you to turn them to Matthew chapter 26. And Jesus had taken the disciples and this little remembrance service, it's so short and yet it's so powerful. Jesus had taken the disciples to the upper room and they're having their last meal together. And the reason Jesus institutes this meal is because he knew that we would be wounded and damaged and hurt. He knew that we would need to seek forgiveness from him and he knew that we would need to give it. And it is this service as we remember and the life of Jesus and what he done that did that gives us the power to find forgiveness for ourselves and to give it to others. I'm not talking cliches here. This is reality. It truly works. And so I want to ask Pastor Dwayne to come up. He's going to pray over the bread, which is symbolic of Jesus' broken body on the cross. And as we eat this bread, we need to look at Jesus and we need to say, we, in prayer, we need to do this ourselves. We see your broken body. We see your sacrifice. We know that sacrifice is what gives us Freedom to find forgiveness. You paid the price. We need to acknowledge that and it's going to give us strength and it's going to give us courage and it gives us faith to believe. Jesus forgives. That's what this is all about. We look at his broken body. Jesus forgives. Jesus forgives. Thank you, Pastor Dwayne. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we come to you this morning with brokenness in our own lives. And as you have spoken through Pastor Lloyd, we many of us have come with broken uh, lives because of, of sexual abuse or physical abuse. We're broken, Lord, because of relationships. We're broken in our finances. 
We're broken, Lord, because we have found it hard in our hearts to forgive those who have hurt us. But, Father, you sent your son, Jesus, to break the powers of Satan, to break the chains of sin. And we saw through the life of Jesus, Lord, that he came to heal and to restore and that he took our brokenness upon himself. And he took the sins and the weight of the world on the cross of Calvary. And we just want to say thank you, Lord, that Jesus did this for us. And as we take this time to remember what Jesus has done for us through this broken bread, let us give thanks and let us be emptied of self and be filled with the Spirit of Jesus in his name. Amen. As our deacons come out, they will give you the bread and the wine. This is an open service. If you're alive and you've got your blood beaten and you're breathing, you're welcome to participate in this. It is very powerful. The Holy Spirit will visit you individually as you participate in this service today. So I would encourage you, no matter where you are in your life, if you're saying, oh, I'm not good enough, well, we're going to the cross, and the cross is a place where people who are not good enough go to, to find forgiveness. We're remembering what he's done, and we're reaching out in faith, desperately saying, Jesus, forgive us. We believe. We know. We can see you. And so if, if you're in this church, baptised or not, member or not, I invite you to participate with us as we remember now what the Lord Jesus has done for us. And we're going to have some music from our team. And I want you just to reflect on your life and your need for Jesus and the cross quietly in the church as the music plays as it's given out. Thank you. mum as I was growing up, I'm glad we don't have a little television screen on our minds so that people can see what we're thinking, eh? I think little curtains across the front of our head would be all the rage. Because the Bible says we're all sinners and there's not one of you here today, including me, that doesn't need to come before the cross and confess our sins and look to Jesus as the only one who can forgive, who can pay for them with his blood and give us peace. As long as you've got no one willing sin in your life that you're participating in, that you're, that you're doing, you're never going to have peace. But as soon as you go to the Lord and you ask for forgiveness and you sense the Holy Spirit on you, it's like his blood washes you clean, so clean, 
you get peace. And that's what we're looking at when we see Jesus on the cross. He's paying the penalty for yours and for my awful sins. And he's there with his arms outstretched this morning and he's saying, give me your sins. I'll pay for them. You can live for eternity. Give them to me. Look at me on the cross. I died for them. I paid for the penalty. And so as we eat this bread, as Jesus says in Matthew 26, verse 26, as we eat this bread, as Jesus said to his disciples, take this bread, eat it. It is my body. Remember my sacrifice for you. Remember how much I love you. Take the bread, he said. Eat it and remember. Doesn't it feel good to give it all to him? And I know he paid the price. He's forgiven me. And I believe. He's forgiven you. Believe. And then he takes the cup. He said, I want you to drink this and remember me. And I want to invite Claire, one of our leaders, to come forward. And she's going to pray for us over the wine. And by the way, the wine is always unfermented. It's pure, like the pure, precious blood of Jesus Christ. And it's so powerful, this blood, that when you claim it, it can wash away any sin. I think a lot of people don't get that. It can wash away any sin. There's not a sin being committed by the entire human race over the entire human history that Jesus' blood can't wash away. So don't sit here this morning and think, oh, it can't wash my sin away. Yes, it can. And we're going to ask Claire to pray over, pray over the wine, which is this bread and wine. It's just symbolic of the body and the blood of Jesus that paid the price for our sins. Thank you, Claire. Our Heavenly Father, we don't understand the depth of what you did. We try and understand, but we just grasp the tip of the iceberg. But this ceremony helps us. We thank you that you gave it to us. And as we come now to this part where you ask us to drink the grape juice that represents your blood, we appreciate the fact that you were so willing to spill it for us. Before we loved you, while we still hated you, you did it. You didn't wait for us to be good and then do it. You thought, I'll love them first. And that's what wins us, Father, and we we thank you for loving us so much. We, uh, We catch a glimpse of that love that you have for us when you say you're not going to drink the grape juice and you're still waiting to drink it until that day when we see you in heaven. So for 2,000 years you haven't drunk any grape juice waiting in anticipation for the day when you can drink it with us. And, Father, we, we love that, that you, you are excited about having us with you and you can't wait to share with us so much more than just a drink but so much of your heart and your plan for us and all that you had done for us throughout our lives. Father, we can't wait to see you on that day as well. So we ask that you will bless this juice, that it will bring into our heart and our mind the importance of what you did and that we will appreciate you all the more as we drink it and make it a part of who we are. So we thank you and we ask that you'll be here with us as we do this. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Claire. So Jesus, he's with his disciples. It's the night before he dies, before he sacrifices himself, and he's setting up this new, wonderful, 
service. He says, now this grape juice, this wine, unfermented. He says, I want you to take it. It represents my blood. And as you drink it, remember my blood is strong enough to cleanse you from any sin. And I shed it for you. He's talking to you now, not the disciples. I shed it for you because I love you. Jesus loves you. That's why he did it. So as Jesus said, take drink in remembrance of me. Let's do that right now. Amen, Jesus. Now you've been to the cross. You've been forgiven. Hallelujah. Do you feel forgiven? Doesn't matter. You've been forgiven. Sometimes when we've done some pretty severe, grievous sins, it takes a while for that reality to settle upon our sin-stained hearts. But if you've come here this morning and you've been fair dinkum, and you're searching for it, even if it's for the first time, you're searching for forgiveness, you've got it. Praise God. Amen? You've got it. Believe it. Hold on to it. Now go home. Well, don't go home yet. (laughs) Stay for lunch and come to the meeting afterwards. But when you go home tonight, this afternoon, you start to open your Bible and read it. You get on your knees and you start to pray and you start to have a relationship with Jesus. And I can guarantee you today, That if you have that relationship with Jesus day by day, based in prayer, based in Bible study, based in baptism of the Holy Spirit, I guarantee you, I stand here as the Lord's servant, I guarantee you if you have that relationship with Jesus, if it's ongoing, then two things will happen to you. The sense, the belief, the rock firm faith and foundation belief that you are forgiven will settle upon you and you'll believe it and you'll get peace. And if you haven't been sleeping, you'll start sleeping. If you haven't had peace, you'll get peace. If you've been anxious, the anxiety will flee because no matter what happens to you, you are forgiven child of the Lord. He will give you the power then to live for him. And part of that is he will lead you to a place gently, powerfully, He will lead you to a place where you can then forgive those who hurt you because he has forgiven you who hurt him. He's our example and he will take you on that journey. It'll hurt a bit. It'll cause a bit of anxiety. But I'll tell you what, it'll be the most beautiful and I can speak from experience. It'll be the most beautiful journey you've ever gone on. You know, I close now. The biggest problem the world has is it's full of unforgiveness It's full of unforgiveness. The trouble between the nations is because there's no forgiveness. And I'm very careful when I speak to this. But when we troll back hundreds and thousands of years with our peoples and we're looking for wrongs that were done long before we were alive, we've got to forgive. And the nations will never move on until they can forgive. And they will never forgive until they meet Jesus because it's the only way. Amen? Now, I don't pretend to, I don't pretend that the world's ever going to get into a place where they've experienced forgiveness and where they can give it. But I do think the church can. And I think the world is crying out for that sort of love and mercy. And people will be attracted to Jesus through us if they see it in your lives. And I want to end by saying this, no matter how you've been hurt, no matter how you've been harmed, no matter what has been done to you, no matter how grievous the sin is, 
If you've experienced Jesus on the cross and his forgiveness in your life, hear me, this is the power of the gospel. If you've experienced it and you're prepared to walk with him, then he'll take you on a journey where you will forgive anyone of anything. It's the power of the gospel and it will set you free. And I pray that will be your experience while you're still living on this earth. It'll be your experience with Jesus. Jesus. 